Hi, this is Emeka and Elandris, and you're listening to the So Far Us podcast, the 30-minute podcast where we break down a trending topic, centering the discussion on the Black millennial woman's experience, and explore what it means for us by answering with, so for us, now let's break down this episode's trending topic. This year's election cycle has done the most, to say the least. Voter suppression in chief is blatantly lying. Joe Biden wants all the smoke if Count Fanta doesn't leave office. And Black people are once again saving America. On this week's episode, our hosts will discuss the presidential election and where we stand. So for Alandris, I just want to say America owes Black people a tremendous debt. Our ancestors built this country for free and their descendants are currently saving it. We will be coming by with our collection plate. This is Emeka. And for us, I think if there's anything for us to take away from this election, it is definitely an even greater understanding of why every single vote is important. Also, Stacey Abrams. That's it. Let's get into this discussion. Well, this has been an interesting week, to say the least. I am excited about the outcome. Um, I spent yesterday just feeling overwhelmed and uh, exceptionally petty towards the Republican Party um, because I felt they deserve it. But I was also excited for Black women, especially on a level that I don't even think exists because of all the work that was put in during this election. Um, I, I was so overwhelmed by the work that Stacey Abrams, Latasha Brown, and other Black organizers have been doing in Georgia uh, for the past two years. And when she said that we were going to win 2020 because of those efforts, she meant that. She said it with her whole chest, and I am here for it. Um, I, I think I'm just overwhelmed by talking about this election cycle. How did you feel in the moment the results were finally called? Um, I think I saw it, was it that morning? And I was still in bed, actually. Um, I felt a sense of relief. And also, I spent those first few moments, like, looking around just to confirm it, because you just never know, you know, people share and retweet things so quickly. And so when I was finally able to confirm it, it was just, yeah, the big sense of relief. I definitely at some point later in the day had a private dance party in my living room that I guess my neighbors may have or may not have enjoyed that much. It depends on how they felt about the results. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, I agree with you. I think throughout the whole week, even before the results, um, just um, gratitude and just pride in the work of Black women just throughout that week, even just thinking about, I should say, not that work throughout that week. It's been ongoing work, but the recognition of it throughout the week, even before the results, especially Stacey Abrams. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a good ending to a long 
week. Um, it was, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I and I, I love the um, Biden and um, Madam Vice President Elect's speech last night or Saturday night. Um, and especially, I mean, I gave some standing ovations when they specifically called out and recognized the contributions of Black people and especially Black women. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was important. Uh, and I mean, I appreciate it. And I, I also made like a cognizant effort. I'm not one to like put all my thoughts and feelings on social media. It's mm-hmm. typically reserved for private messages to my close friends but I though other people may not have I did make sure for me to make Saturday a day of just celebration and a day of relief like I understood we're still going to have to have conversations about accountability other work that needs to be done um, the runoffs in Georgia, we know that. We know that um, they may not be the perfect candidate. The perfect candidate does not exist. Right. <laughs> but it was like, let's at least have a day where we celebrate this moment, where we also celebrate the historical aspect of it. You know, Biden getting the most votes of any presidential candidate. And of course, um, um, having the first black vice president, the first woman vice president, the first Southeast Asian American vice president, the first, you know, there's all types of firsts, right? Biracial, Indian American, um, woman of color. Um, And so it's okay to celebrate that. And honestly, even if you didn't vote for them, I don't see why it's still not to be celebrated. It's a historical moment. (laughs) So, uh, and I also certainly wasn't here for, well, this also means, you know, um, we need to basically listen to those who voted for Trump and, you know, have an open ear to them and all of that. Um, I was like, let's just have this day, just celebrate it. Yes, I think we often talk about Black joy and, I know we haven't dealt with a whole lot of our trauma in this country. So when we have these moments of joy, sometimes it's fleeting and we can feel excited, but we don't really take a time to experience joy fully. And I think Mm -hmm. last night was a really good time for us to say, hey, we worked our tails off to get to this moment. We deserve to take it all in. We deserve to be fully happy. We don't need you to come in with your op-ed saying that we elected a president and racism is is not going to end. We don't need you to say that. Because we know that. We know (laughs) that. It's not an all be all. We understand that. Uh, We understand how local elections work. We understand how state elections work. We do. What we are celebrating is the fact that we have a first when it comes to black women, when it comes to Southeast Asian, when it comes to women, period. We have a mm-hmm. first president, vice president, I'm sorry, we have a first president who did not get their second term since uh, <laughs> GW. I, no, uh, well, they were saying GW because of the electoral college, but I don't know. He is an anomaly. He doesn't get to go back into the office right after his first term. And that is amazing. We're getting a first time to fight fasc- fascism 
fascism, sorry, in our generation. We're standing against so many forms of oppression and people were tired. Young people activated, older people activated, all races activated, but it was so, it felt so good to know that black women led the charge. And when people say trust black women and believe black women, this is what we mean. Things get done when black women are in charge. And I think Reagan Gomez said something so powerful. She said, I drank the Kool-Aid and I shouldn't be as hopeful, but this hope is something that I haven't felt in four years. This form of hope, like things can be better. We have an opportunity as Americans to have better. And in, we know that there are people, there's over 70 million people who are against everybody having better. And mm-hmm. it's just to actually just take the moment and just appreciate we have a possibility. Sometimes we just need to sit in that moment and be present and not just say, okay, we've done one thing, let's move to the next. Let's just sit down and appreciate being present in taking the inspiration taking it all in so that when we get ready to move into the next step, we're in a good place. We're not feeling like targets. We're not feeling the anguish. Like people were talking about how they felt like they can be productive again. They can, they felt like a weight yeah. has been lifted off their shoulders. You know, that yeah. is something that hope brings. And for a long time, people have felt hopeless. So, I mean, so all the people that don't want to experience joy, great. Go sit in the corner, eat your food, let us finish. That is great. We're going to enjoy this experience. And I, w- yeah. I want to speak to something that you mentioned when it comes to these comments about wanting to have the kumbaya moment with the Trump supporters and those who were put in place to push those policies somewhere along those lines. What are your thoughts about that? Like when it comes to having Trump supporters, like I think one uh, CNN panelist, I think it was Rick Santorum that needs to just go away, um, said that we should handle them gently because this is a difficult time for them. They have now lost the presidency. What are your thoughts when it comes to that? I mean, <laughs> the the first instinct is, to, of course, think about the fact that they certainly weren't gentle with the rest of us, right? Right. When, when, when they had these last four years, right? Um, and so your instinct is to say, well, why should we? They didn't do that with us. Um, but honestly, I think, I don't think that there has to be a particular focus on let me reach out to someone who voted for Trump. I'm going to be honest with you. I I blocked someone was it last night or this morning? And it's not, I didn't block them because they voted for Trump. I blocked them because they had this long wannabe Christian post about why it was, I guess, not Christian-like to vote for Biden. Mm. And so I just can't, I can't relate to you on that level because I know I'm Christian and I definitely voted for Biden. I know a lot of Christians who did. And honestly, I question how you can use your religion as a basis to vote for Trump anyway. Right. Um, And I just, some of the stuff was just 
shocking. Like she was like, my my sons don't have to be fearful just because they're black. And then she tried to use a Bible verse. None of it made sense to me. So I just, you know, loved a couple of comments that I agreed with and then blocked her. But um, but I do see value in what Biden talks about in being a president for everyone, but I don't think that comes down to making specific outreach to someone because they voted for Trump. I think that's about doing what's best um, for the country, which means everyone. So sure, if someone who voted for Trump has legitimate concerns that is something that is of value for everyone in the country, then yeah, we can discuss that. But <laughs> I mean, um, if it's just about you voted for Trump, um, who to me was just, you know, caused division and hate um, or, in, or, you know, caused it to just really come to the surface in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, he, of course, didn't create it. It was there. Mm-hmm. But I can't get behind that. So I don't think I need to spend my time and energy um, making them feel better. Why? Right. Our, our our work moving forward is about making the country as a whole better. And so if some of the things they care about fall into that bucket, great. If it doesn't, it's about to me what's better for the country as a whole. So, oh, well. But no, I, I don't feel like it's my responsibility, job or duty to reach out to someone to make them feel better because they're candidate lost. Right. And honestly, that's that's a part of democracy, right? People are going to vote and someone's going to be a winner or a loser. I I don't have to, on my personal level, reach out and do anything to make them feel better. Feel better about what? Right. Live with it, deal with it. I I don't understand. I feel the same way because when he won, that's exactly how they were. I see it as, I think people, the argument has been is, they've been saying that it's down to, well, party lines and uh, this is just the person. And like, no, it's deeper than that. These people supported someone who banned Muslims within his first 20 days. This is somebody who uh, put children in cages and and thought it was great. This is someone who decided to target women's uterus. This is uh, someone who thought that it was not okay. It was okay for people to show up on the doorsteps of government officials with assault rifles and actually threaten to kidnap the governor of Michigan. This was someone who thought that it was okay for black people to get shot down by police. This was somebody who thought it was okay to block Native Americans from being able to get PPE uh, during the pandemic. Like, I cannot sit it there and say that I can be friends with somebody who supports that because I'm like it's not just about who you support it's your value system I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican if your values lie in suppressing people how can we be friends what we gonna talk about girl I can't have a conversation with you about Netflix I can't have a conversation with you about uh what we gonna eat today I don't have time for that because as and I certainly don't have the energy to try to make you feel better about that being your values and you losing. Right. That, that part too. But. Right. Because at the same time, what you're telling me is my black son's life doesn't matter. My life as a black woman who risked um, 
having a possibility of dying during childbirth doesn't matter. My wealth, uh, my income, the wealth gap between us doesn't matter. My health care doesn't matter because of who you support and your belief system. And when we get down to the root of what you actually believe, it's basically saying we're okay with suffering as long as you suffer more. And that is the root of it. And I actually have no time for your feelings because if you was going to say it with your whole chest from the beginning that you are not here for us and that people were justified in murdering us and, and doing all of these other things to our children, I, I don't see what's the point. You can have a difficult time. You're going to benefit from any type of progressive policies that's going to come from the Biden-Harris administration because that's the way the country is designed. It wasn't made for people of color. It wasn't made for black people. It wasn't made for indigenous indigenous people. So whenever something happens to those who push white supremacy, when it happens in a negative route, they still benefit. When it happens in a positive route for black uh, indigenous and people of color, they still benefit. So just sit there, eat your food and just let us live because <laughs> it, you're gonna still benefit either way. So I don't know what you're crying for. That's literally how I have felt after taking, after seeing so many black people and indigenous people celebrate this victory and being told that now we have to forget everything that's happened over the past four years or the fact that 200,000 people have died due to a pandemic. And if anything, it's important to remember it, right? You want to remember history so you don't repeat it. Right. So we certainly can't go about the business about forgetting um what having someone like trump in the white house um does to this country and we can't forget what made people actually vote for him because that's something we need to be moving away from if anything um that's work to be done not you know patting them on the back are you okay because no I, i don't condone about for Trump, I don't, because like you said, that lines up with so many hurtful and damaging and destructive and hateful things. No, I'm not going to support that, even in the form of trying to make someone feel better. Right. Because it's wrong. Right. You still haven't so. dealt with your historical books, and I just want to say that um, with this this huge push from the Black community, especially Black women, we're going to come for our things. Um, because you owe us for saving democracy. We built your com- we built this country and we just saved it. So you owe black people at large and you owe indigenous people at large for what has happened in this country. And we are coming for our things. You don't get to sit up here and say, oh, um, thank you for backing us up and just go back to normal. That is how we got Trump. That is how we got Trump because we ignored all of the efforts from these different communities that have been silenced most of the time. No. And so this argument for reparations, I'm definitely going to push for too. I just wanted to throw that out there. You owe us big time. Um, I wanted to go ahead and ask one more question. If you were inspired by the efforts of black women who push for black political gain, what is a takeaway for you to apply to your life, to put into action, whether it's something you can do now or aspire to do later? I mean, the biggest thing for me is 
I think it reignited some form of hope in this country um, that um, maybe change is possible. Now, I'm not going as far as to say that the country has changed. Mm. Certainly not saying race right. has ended. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you look at the work of some of the amazing black women we've already said Stacey Abrams name a number of times but uh times but getting out there and mobilizing voters and working against voter suppression I mean it shows everyone one every vote really does matter yes um but two if we put in the work I mean we are flipping states that I don't think people um, thought could could be flipped, right? right? I think it uh, continues to give hope to other states who were like, I, we think maybe we can flip, but not sure. But now you see like, no, like that's a real thing. Like we can get out there, put in the work. Um, and Texas was really close to, to flipping early on. That was shocking. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I feel encouraged because I would say over the last four years, I reached a point where, you know, I was just like, America is what it is, (laughs) right? It is what we've (laughs) always known it to be. You know, we've been how many generations, centuries, decades, all this putting in work and like the end results, you still see all these disparities, right? right. Um, but I think, yeah, um, this election truly is a sense of more hope. We're not there yet, oh, <laughs> right? Because there's still a whole bunch of people who voted for Trump, right? We cannot forget that. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. Um, and I think also the election has shown because there are so many of them that it is important to help and contribute to the work that others are doing because we know there's a good amount of people out there who can still use their vote um, in different elections, not just the presidential elections, um, and take us back to what we've experienced in the last four years. So it's really important that we don't just stop and be like, okay, things are good. That we keep doing the work and keep pushing forward. Absolutely. What about you? Um, I have been inspired to do so much. Like I felt like I could run a marathon after all of this, but I know I I could probably do a brisk walk at the most. Um, (laughs) But I think for me, it, want, it encouraged me to get back into my history bag. Like I've been doing a whole lot with Colorful Story with um, wanting to make sure that history is being told accurately. Uh, because we all know that it's lacking so much information. And during this election cycle, people have been saying that they didn't know how our government worked. They didn't know how... Um, certain things that were done throughout American history led to our political environment now. And for me, I felt inspired to see about making sure that my contribution 
is impactful in a way that's also creative. So as a former teacher, I feel like I want to be able to continue to teach people things that matter. So um, I am building a curriculum. I'm going to hopefully um, be ready when it comes to um, rolling it out after the inauguration on the reconstruction era. Because for me, I feel like we're in our, I think it's the third reconstruction era for black people. I feel like we are not well-rounded in understanding what we have overcome in previous reconstruction errors to get to this point. And we have the tools from our ancestors um, that have laid the foundation. We just need to keep building up on it. And I wanna present something like that to students, to their parents, because I'm getting information from parents asking me, um, what can I read? This is so insightful. It's only 10 minutes in the video, but I've learned so much. I've learned more on your video than I've ever learned in school about my history. So I want to continue to contribute in that way, in a way that is informative, exciting, creative, um, and also still get involved with um, my local organization, working with the NAACP, because they're pushing some things out here as far as getting African-American studies into the school system. So I wanna work with them because this is important. Our children are lacking that information and that self-awareness. And so if we can get this pushed to them, I believe that we can actually turn out a new level of voters in 2024 because they're freshmen right now. We need to have them ready to vote by the time um, it's up for Biden's reelection or Kamala's first election as, uh, as president. We'll see. We don't know. But I'm, I'm just inspired to do so many things um, at this time. And I just want to share. I want to be creative. I, oh, I'm just so happy to be a Black woman <laughs> at this point. And I want other people <laughs> to feel that joy. Okay, well, this is our last episode of season one. Um, so I will just leave you with the words from Madam Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Black women who too often are overlooked, but who so often prove they're the backbone of our democracy. And with that, Thank you. Thank you for continuing to push this country forward. And thank you for listening. January cannot come soon enough. And when it does, we'll also be back with season two. So stay tuned. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the So For Us podcast. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social media sites using the at So For Us podcast handle. Like, comment, leave a review, send us a trending topic you'd like us to discuss, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We'll talk to you soon in the best place that is so for us.